the first and ten podcast um back of another week of our draft uh, build up we're getting really close to the end of this and well i guess that's a good thing because it means we're almost at the draft but yeah only a couple of positions to go and uh joining me this week we've got uh lee wakefield how are you lee hello hello sir how are you, are you okay yeah not too bad yeah so quite looking forward to this one it's yeah a good definitely group to talk about yeah yeah it's like we've just been we've just been saying up just before we started it's a good group <laughs> uh, getting really towards a sharp end now yeah. with what a couple of weeks to go before the big yeah. night, uh, you know, well, yeah, three weeks, one, two, yeah, three weeks yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so flying through. I don't, mm. I don't remember if I actually said that we're doing defensive ends this week, but uh, well, <laughs> rushers, but uh, yeah, that's what we're doing this week. Got them in the quarterbacks next week, so mm. yeah, only a couple of these positions to go. And well, what might be the sort of I don't know premier group in this uh, this draft? It's like lots, lots of top, like high end talent, isn't there? But yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. It's high and high and talent, a very very important position. One of the four key positions, um, you yeah. know. Uh, so yeah, these these guys are going to be valuable. Uh, I think all my top five will go in the top twenty, if not yeah. sooner than that. So yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a sought after you know group, and then even the two or three afterwards are pretty going to be pretty sought after as well. Yeah, and so we've got. Uh... There's one other player that we'll talk about later. I yes. A bit divided on, but uh, yeah, even, even he could uh, go in the first round, couldn't he? He could still see six or seven go, I think. Yeah, 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 100%. I mean, you know, we won't spoil it too much for this this mystery player that we're talking about, but, you know, <laughs> he's been mocked pretty high, let's just say that, in, in certain circles. So, yeah, and it wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he gatecrashed the party, so to speak, for certain people. Yeah, so he's... Uh... This particular player has been mocked as high as six, hasn't he? And then some, not even the first round. And I think for you, he's not a first rounder, obviously. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> well, we might as well. We're going to do our usual five to five to one, and then a sleeper. So, mm-hmm. who, who have you got number five? So number five for me is Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. Uh, I've got down his fits. Just going to start with that. So I've got down uh, as high as the Giants um, at six, perhaps. If they choose to go that way, obviously with their, with their they've got a bit of flexibility because they've got the two second uh, two first round picks. Excuse me, uh, and then I've got the Lions, the Bills, and the Panthers also down as nice fits as well. So uh, Sweat has been an absolute beast for Mississippi State uh, over the last couple of years. You know he's accrued uh, thirty tackles for loss, twenty two and a half sacks, uh, and he demolished the combine back in uh, yeah. Indy couple of weeks ago um you know and that's that's put him firmly back on my radar radar because at first uh through the season when i'd sort of watched a bit of him as the season was going on i was a bit of a fan of him uh quite quite liked him what i saw uh as the season finished uh i started to watch him a bit more deeper just you know not, obviously not watching a lot of mississippi state games throughout the season just kind of seeing Sorry. highlights and stuff like that i kind of thought he lacked a bit of flexibility when cornering which obviously is an edge rusher especially one that's going to be taken quite high um, it's kind of a bit of a, a no-no for me, kind of a red flag, because that, that relegated him outside of the first round in, in sort of my contention and my sort of numbers. Um, but then, obviously, seeing him come back in Indianapolis, um, and obviously, you know, we said this in the past about certain players that we get too het up about numbers, uh, what they run and what they jump in their underwear, which, you know, can be dangerous. But, you know, just let's just take his 40-yard dash time of 4.41 seconds. Yeah. That is insane. You know, yeah. uh, for context, uh, Saquon Barkley ran a 4-4 flat. 
you know, it's just a, what's that, hundredth of a second? Um, no, a tenth of a, is it? No, hundredth of a second, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Getting my maths all wrong. Um, you know, a hundredth of a second looks slower than Saquon Barkley. And Robert Griffin III, obviously, who was this, you know, Marvel uh, mobile quarterback, ran a four four one the same as oh. Montez Sweat. So, yeah. He was a 400 like, beta runner, wasn't he? Um, uh, Griffin, he was, he was an yeah. actual <laughs> like yeah. athlete. Literally yeah, yeah, yeah athlete, exactly. So. You know, so yeah, Monza's an athletic freak. Um, you know, and he's got this red flag that's in his past um, from his early college career. But I'm quite, kind of glad that that's cleared up actually, and kind of glad that he was able to run in Indy, you know, to elevate his stock again. Because everything that I've read and heard, like on the podcast and radio that I listen to, is his coaches and players who played with him just saying he's a completely different person now. Just everyone raves about his character. You know, and I think that's a it's the best way to go. And you know, don't want to condone violence and stuff like that that happens. But obviously, the best kind of apology I think is is to change and be a better person for it. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a couple of players in there in this draft that I think have sort of perhaps turned things around after that sort of incident. And yeah, I, I think I think you have to give these players a second chance, don't you? And like, well, don't have to, but you know what I mean. I think I think it's good to give them a second chance. And then you know, if they offend again, then that's it. But I think. They're young, sort of will do stupid things, and obviously maybe not this stupid, but we will do stupid things, don't we? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, both you and I have probably done uh, silly things that we regret throughout our lives. Maybe not violent things, but different things no. that you just, you know, that you just think, oh, we should not have done that, or you know, you've been a bit embarrassed about it looking back on, you know, and you don't want to sort of condemn you, yourself, and you certainly don't want to condemn, the, like you say, the, the young, the you know, possibly mixing in the wrong crowd a little bit at university away from home a lot of the time so you know these things can happen um you know like i say, the best thing to do is obviously the best apology is to change your behavior and become a better person yeah so um one red flag that i think come up in the combine was his heart condition it doesn't seem to be too serious but i do wonder if that might make him drop a little because you know any any sort of red flag is something that can just make they sort of take someone else ahead of him isn't it and yeah, I don't really know what the actual heart condition was, but I'd say I know it come up in the uh, combine. But yeah, it seems to be not a big issue. But you know, I'm sure some teams might look at that and sort of be a little bit worried. Sure. Yeah. No. It obviously happened with Maurice Hurst last year. It's happened with other players in the past where they've got these medical conditions, especially to do with the heart. Obviously, we've seen tragic instances in soccer in Europe and and all around the world really with players collapsing on the pitch and dying and things like that. So obviously you don't want to see it and you've got to guard against it. It's obviously for their best interest because obviously they don't want to overexert themselves and get into trouble you know, with a heart condition. But I think, yeah, some teams could take him off the board for that because they just don't want to get involved. But it seems to be, like you say, it doesn't seem to be a, like a great deal made of it, especially less, a lot less than Maurice Hurst last year and obviously he dropped to the fifth round. Uh, I don't see that kind of drop for sweat, but it, you know it could it could drop it could drop out of the first round because teams just because like we said the the sort of top echelons of this pass rushing group are are pretty good and obviously if they they could just say we could either not take a chance that's kind of the wrong that's kind of making a mountain out of a molehill a little bit but you know we could have Montez sweat obviously with this condition he might have to retire early you know he might have to you know yeah. scale back what he does or we could take this other guy who's maybe not as good but. You know, not too far away, and then we don't have any of those complications. Yeah, it just sort of increases <clears> that risk a little, doesn't it? Of so that's already a risky pick, isn't it? Sort of any player in the draft is a risk, and mm. sort of especially that high, then maybe it might just sort of put teams off. But yeah, he's definitely getting a good player, I think. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, you know, these these first round picks are a valuable commodity. 
So you've got to you've got to be not sure because you can can never be sure, like you said. But uh, you know you need to be as sure as can be about what what's uh, what's coming into your team. Yeah, and say what what do you think the ceiling is for him? So I know you mentioned a couple of teams. Sort of, what do you think? Is it is he just going to be that top half the first or? Yeah, I mean, I think if if um, as long as he doesn't drop for the reasons that we've just said, I think yeah, I think he could go as high as six. I think you know different teams could see him. In different yeah. ways, because these there's there's pass rushers in this group that we'll come on to later who are just like pure speed rushers, and then you get the ones who are kind of better at sort of defending the edge as well and a bit more all rounded. And some already have you know either on their roster already, and you don't want you don't want two of the same in my opinion. Yeah, you know you don't want two guys who just rush the passer you know every snap and a crap against the run because you just get run on and people are just be running outside runs on you all day. Um, and then you don't want people who can just defend the edge and set the edge, but then can't get to the pass rusher, uh, the the passer. Sorry. So you know it depends like what's on what's on the roster that you for the teams that's picking. But yeah, he could go really high. I think it feels like that Giants pick could sort of <clears throat> set how this first round goes for the edge rushers because it seems like they're either taking an edge rusher or a quarterback. If you sort of look at most mocks, I think they're mm. taking one or two, and sort of recently it's been more of that edge rusher, isn't it? And, so I think if they take one, then I think we could see even more go. But if maybe if they don't take one, then maybe sort of some of the others will fall as well, just because of the way it shakes out. Well, yeah, because you know, once a certain player goes, if the position group is a bit thinner, or if they, you know, because we could see, you know, by the time the Giants come on the clock at six, there could be two or three off the board already, yeah. you know, and then if that makes three or four, then it's a big rush, and that means all the other guys afterwards will go a lot sooner because you know someone will be trading up or. Um, you know they'll just take one because they'll think well we can't wait on you know a, a, to get one later on in the later rounds. So um, yeah, no, it, it does it does is a pivotal uh, spot and it does create um, waves throughout the draft and other ripples. Yeah, say so I think uh, yeah that that number six spot is definitely going to be an interesting one for all these players. Well, pretty much the whole draft I think will sort of could sort of almost be based around that spot, but we'll see how that goes. Um, well. Well, to move on to number four, hmm. another another good player here. Uh, who have you got number four? Uh, so it's Clayton Farrell from Clemson. And I did try really hard to say Farrell because apparently that's how he <laughs> wants it said, even though uh, it doesn't quite look like it. Anyway, uh, yeah, Farrell's a really, really solid player. Uh, excellent run defender, one of the players that I was just sort of had in my mind um, when I was talking about you know excellent edge defenders, people who can set the edge. Uh, you know, and that kind of sets him apart from the rest in this group a little bit, especially at the top, because you've got a lot of guys, like I just said, who are just, uh, you know, great pass rushers. Um, but I think Pharrell sets the edge really well. I think he's a good pass rusher as well. Um, you know, he did get 11.5 sacks last season, uh, 9.5 the year before. You know, and that's on a really talented line to, you know, you might take away a little bit for that. But, you know, he's still getting sacks. He's still got there. And he's still got edge discipline as well, you know, because you might, you might say that's... You know, numbers due to him playing on a great line, but also you could say it's a little bit lower because um, he is setting the edge a lot of the time as well because he's a good yeah. run defender, as I said. Um, so yeah, no, I think he he's a really good defender. And the cons, just moving on to that, um, lacks a little bit of bend and athleticism, a little bit like sweat as well, and that's why these guys are on my board at four and five in this exercise, not a little bit higher. Um, you know, the ability to con, like I said, with sweat is really, is really something that lowers your ceiling if you don't have it. Uh, speed is generally something that you can teach. You know, you can improve it a little bit, but you're generally just naturally quick or you're naturally not. 
because of all this, I would say that uh, Pharrell is a high floor, low ceiling prospect, but he'll have a long career in the NFL. He won't be wowing people on a weekly basis with splash plays, but he'll be one of those people kind of you, you look back on after the season and go, do you know what, he had a really good season? And you'll be saying that yeah. like after most seasons. Yeah. Like, when, I, when I watched Clemson, it felt like a lot of their big plays on defence, sort of he was involved somewhere, he, he had made yeah. a play, or maybe he didn't get like the some on the stat sheet didn't sharp as sort of him, but it felt like he was involved in a lot of that stuff, and sort of I really like that about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... You can you can kind of rush from one side and it rushes the quarterback into your you know colleague on the other side or one of the interior guys, doesn't it? So yeah, exactly. you know they work really well as a team. We saw this you know with Clemson all year. Uh, we saw it to a degree with um, uh, who was the other college last year that had four really talented rushers where Bradley Chubb <laughs> played uh, North Carolina. Yeah, we saw it with North Carolina last year, didn't we? All four of their guys went, uh, you know, in the draft pretty, pretty early. Uh, we saw that you know they were a great team and a great unit, and Clemson are the same, probably a little bit better as well. That's why they had this ridiculous hype uh, at the start of the season, where all four were going in the first round and they were the best line ever. But you know they they do work, work really well, and you know I'd say Pharrell is probably the best of that group. Yeah, yeah, I really like him and. So, what do you see the fits as for him? Where do you think he goes? Is he in that same sort of them same sort of teams again? I would say similar. I think he really appeals to the Lions at number eight. I think yeah. that's one team that could really like snap him up the in the top ten. Because I think Matt Patricia, he doesn't. If you look back at his history, and obviously you'll know this as a Patriots fan, he yeah. he's a he's a, a defensive coordinator. Excuse me again. Uh, that doesn't really like these sort of speed rushes he's more bothered about discipline and setting the edge and you know as i've just said in my sort of analysis there that that's what pharrell does and that's what he does really well um you know they they have they have that uh they have that need there now that ziggy ants has gone yeah so when i look at him he does feel like a patriots player like i know he's not going to get there but Mm. that sort of me that's sort of basically what the lines are doing isn't it (laughs) they're very much a patriots light sort of thing exactly he feels exactly the sort of player that could go to Lions. I think he'd be a really good fit there. Exactly, and you know another another one for these kinds of uh, you know, Bill Belichick kind of disciples is that they want the pedigree as well. You know, and obviously double uh, national championship winner. You know, you can't get better than that, really. So uh, yeah, it's definitely going to appeal that he's going to have that culture. He's going to know how to come in and almost be a professional, even though he's not professional yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's what you get when you draft these players from like <clears throat> your Clemson, your Alabamas. I think they are just ready to come in and go, aren't they? And I think that's such a such a big thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's the acclimatization. It, it's not as quick. Uh, sorry, it's quicker. It's not as slow. Yeah. I meant to say because they've come from a massive program that just trains them how to be pros or you know already when they're in college. And it's you know if you come in from you know maybe a DT do DT a D two school. Or you know a, a program from a non-power five is it's a bigger jump. Whereas obviously, like we said, from these big programs, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're basically playing huge games. Every, well, not every week, but you know they're playing big games throughout their college career before they even got to the league. They're playing these big games mm. where not everyone is playing them, are they? That these national championship games, just having that sort of experience is sort of massive. And yeah, mm. yeah, I really like him as a player. Yeah, for sure. No, it's 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 a yeah, it's a big plus point for me. Experience, as I've been talking about for the past like month or so, however long we've been doing these these episodes, but uh, it's it's a big big plus, you know. And that higher experience you got, the more the more sort of less rabbit in the headlights you'll kind of be once you get to these big games in January in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you'd hope it isn't, but in some ways they uh, 
it might be the biggest game they ever play in that national championship before they've even got to league, isn't it? So, yeah. Mm. Obviously, if you draft him, you're hoping that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, it yeah. Might, might be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's definitely true. Well, we uh, spoke about a player that sort of seems to be splitting opinion a little. And I think I think the number three is a bit of that. I've seen him sort of all over the place a bit in these uh, mock drafts. But who have you got there? Yeah, so my number three is Brian Burns from Florida State. So... I'm massively in the pro Burns camp. I know what you're saying. Like you do see him sort of mocked here, there, and everywhere. I was yeah. doing a little um, fans mock uh, just on the start of this week, actually Monday, Tuesday, just doing a little two round mock with uh, guys on Facebook. And um, Brian Burns, I was able to pick up at number thirty one for the rounds, which is seems ridiculous for me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think Brian Burns could be the the best edge rusher in this good draft class when we look back, you know, in in the future. Um, he's really got that high ceiling for me. His explosiveness and he's just exceptional, and so is his technique. He's got a wide variety of pass rush moves. He's always got a, a plan. It seems, um, you know, yeah. you get these edge rushers. Um, one one edge rusher that I really didn't like from last year is Marcus Davenport. He had all yeah. the he had all the explosiveness, all the athleticism, and you know the size, but he never had a plan. And I think we saw a little bit of that in his, his debut season in New Orleans. But yeah. Brian Burns is completely opposite. He always has a plan. And he knows how to execute. He's got a bevy of moves that he can pull out. Um, and, you know, that, that, that I think, is, is a real big plus point because I think it means he needs less coaching when he gets to the NFL, which obviously is a good thing. It means he can transition to the league a lot quicker. Um, you know, tore up the combine again, as we talked about earlier with Sweat. Um, I think it was like, what was it, the 99th percentile for the broad jump and very, very good score, oh, scores in the three-cone and the vertical jump as well. Um, yeah, excellent career in, in Florida State. Uh, Ten sacks last year. And upsets against SEC. Uh, so it's obviously you know high pedigree, a lot of experience. So that's uh, it's also big ticks for me. Uh, if we're going yeah. to cons, he's not the best run defender. And this is probably why it splits opinion. And he's very light as well. Um, yeah. he seems quite long and lanky he bulked up a little bit for the combine but he's playing weight if you watch him um, you know at Florida State last year if you look back on the tape he looks a lot thinner uh, so he really needs to pack on that muscle further a little bit probably needs to put another 10-15 pounds and uh, you know as long as it doesn't impact his speed anyway yeah and I think once he gets to the NFL I think they'll work on that and these trainers know what they're doing don't they they know how to get that weight on without sort of affecting sort of their athleticism too much and yeah, it could really help him, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when you're in college, I know they're in weight programs already, but they still have to like go to class. They're probably not eating like yeah. the greatest diet because they're in college. You know, once they obviously have like the money behind them from signing a rookie deal, you know, you've got more time to relax, more time to sort of get educated in terms of like your nutrition and stuff like that and buy good food. Because it does matter and stuff like that, you know, how these guys fuel themselves. And obviously, like you say, they go into a, another weight program when they've got more time on the hands to train because they don't have to go to class. So, yeah, it does make a big difference, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, I just I found, I found it really hard to sort of <coughs> put sort of where he's going to end up going because of, just because, yeah, it seems so much range and sort of so much, sort of, sort of like a squat split opinion on him, but... I think we say every single week. I only see that one team to mm, sort mm. of really like him. So, which sort of team do you think that might be? So, because I'm really high on him, I've only really narrowed his fits down to the top six. Wow. So, yeah, I think, like... you know, I've, I've gone for the Jets, the Raiders, the Giants. Uh, you know, he could go later on. I think the Packers is a really good fit for him as well, a little bit later on. 
Uh, but, you know, I think he really could go high. But like you say, it just depends. This is just my sort of opinion. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's got a really, really high ceiling. Um, you know, and if these teams believe in him, then that's his ceiling as well, you know, for to be yeah. selected in the top six. But yeah, uh, yeah, the Packers is a really nice fit for him. Um, yeah, the Rams, are, like I said, I mean, I picked him there. I've got to think it's a nice fit, even though it's not a massive need for them. Uh, but I don't think he'll last the 31 in the real life draft. No, yeah, if it, it, to me... If, yeah, if I had to say, I'd say he's going to go yeah fairly high. But yes, he definitely feels like a player that could randomly drop, doesn't he? But we'll see how that goes on uh, draft day. Mm. Um, two players that seem to be at the top of every mock draft coming up. But who have you got at number two? Number two is Josh Allen from Kentucky. Uh, this is this guy is what I was talking about earlier. He is a true speed edge rusher whose yeah. motor always runs hot. He's really, really explosive. Um He's going to give a lot of tackles problems just because his speed just is going to scare defenders to death because obviously he's or scare blockers to death, should I say? Um, you know, it's like any sport. Speed speed scares people, and Josh Allen's got that in abundance. Uh, I love that he's played over forty games in four years. That's a lot of experience again coming against SEC tackles. So that's you know it's pedigree in the in the production that he's getting as well. You know, he's got insane production. Uh, last year, racked up seventeen sacks and twenty one and a half tackles for a loss. And that's like I say, coming against good tackles. That's not coming, you know, against conference USA guys and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, like Jalen Ferguson, for example. And yeah. you know, he's he's beating good guys who gonna he was gonna play against in in the NFL probably. So, you know, that's always a good thing that you can sort of say that you know how to beat these guys already. Um, areas of concern is if you check out his mock draftable, he's got uh, tiny hands. <laughs> he, yeah. They're not even nine inches. Um, which would be a massive, massive concern um, if he'd not got the production. Because obviously, you're thinking if someone's got small hands, they're gonna not they're gonna struggle to finish because you can't grab on and you can't take down your target. But because his production was that good, it's kind of not as much of a concern. But obviously, it's it's well below the threshold that that NFL teams would be looking for. And you know the other the other detraction from him is you know he's not going to be the best edge uh, setter and run defender. But apart from that, you know, if you want someone just to tee off uh, playing, you know, your designated pass rusher, uh, you know, Josh Allen's your guy. Yeah, like, yeah, I really like him. He just, it feels like he's still got <laughs> some room to develop and obviously he's going to improve as a run defender. He might not ever be great at it, but he's going to improve. But yeah, I just feel like he's got so much upside. If you, if you need that sort of player, I feel like, yeah, he's just going to just come in and produce a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if like I say, I think if you if you ask him to do what he can't do, and you ask him to set the edge every time, he's not gonna he's not gonna have the success that he's had in college with when he's racking up these big numbers. And you got to remember as well, he's he's racking up these big numbers for Kentucky. They're not like you know they're SEC great great, but they're not like one of the bigger and better SEC programs. So you know he's sort of. It's like if you're racking up numbers for like one of the lesser franchises, if you you know racking up sacks for the books or something like that, which you know he could well be doing <laughs> in a few months' time. Yeah, well, like where we say with like teams like Clemson, where they've got just so many good players, uh, he, he's not really got that sort of benefit, has he? So maybe if he was on one of them other teams, his numbers would just look insane, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's not getting much help from from those around him, like you know Farrell is and. Uh, Dex Lawrence is, Austin Bryant is, uh, Wilkins is. They're all helping each other. Whereas Allen is like the star; he's the be-all and end-all for that that for that front seven, really. Yeah, I don't think that's the worst thing when you're drafting someone that they're used to that sort of thing, is it? Because 
I mean, it's going to be the sort of things they'll see if they do become that sort of great talent in the NFL. They're already used to it, aren't they? And yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a different pressure to try and be the number yeah. one, isn't it? Rather than have everyone, you know, kind of not being equal, because obviously, you know, you're going to have different levels, but, you know, helping each other out as much as you're helping the others. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good thing for him. And so where do you think, say, I feel like the floor's really high for him in terms of where he's going to be drafted, but what do you think the ceiling really is for him? Uh, I think the the Jets at three, if yeah. if they decide to stay there, no, they're trying to trade out of that pick uh, by all accounts. Uh, but yeah, the Jets at three could be um, could be the ceiling. I think if they stay there, if they don't, then you know after that it could be the Giants and the Bucks at five and six or six and five. As I said it, um, you know I, I don't think he'll slip out of the top ten though. I think he's he's going very very high. So do you think there's any chance he's the first sort of edge rusher taken, or is that wrapped up for? Well, everyone knows this, uh, Bosa, don't they? They're coming up, but do you think that's sort of wrapped up who goes number one out of these these players? So I think it really, really, really depends on uh, Kyler Murray. So yeah. if Kyler Murray goes to Arizona at number one, then Nick Bosa's too much of a good fit for the Niners, and I'll come on to that obviously in a moment. Um, that so he'll he'll be the number one. If you know, I don't see I don't see Bosa dropping too much though e- either way. Yeah. But I think it really depends on where whether Murray goes one or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one to say. It seems, well, Bosa seemed to be the sort of number one pick all through the season, didn't he, coming mm. into this? And then obviously the quarterbacks have risen up. But yeah, well, we might as well get on to Bosa then, <laughs> since we've already started speaking about him. Yeah. So, well, you're number one. Who, so, who is it? Big surprise. So obviously, yeah, big surprise, Nick Bosa. Um, yeah. yeah, true blue chip prospect. Uh, I think in this draft class, now for me, he's the best player in it. Um, it fits, obviously, the Cardinals, the Niners, which I think are the, the biggest fit, the Niners. Um, the Raiders, but I don't think he's getting there. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, I think I think this is literally um, ceiling is one, floor is two. I don't see yeah. this going any other way, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, he fits any any team that plays a four three where he can play end. Uh, he's not yeah. really a stand up linebacker, but um, he's not like I say he's not really getting beyond the forty nine ers in my mind. Um, he's pretty much like his brother. Uh, to be honest with you, um, probably more advanced in some areas, which when you consider how good Joey is and how good he was coming out of Ohio State, is pretty scary, I would say. Um, yeah. He's not he's not as big as Joey uh, was or is coming out. Uh, slightly different athletes, but both good athletes were just like a little bit, a little bit different. Um, so how is Nick the same? So I would say they're both very technical pass rushers. They know about like, hand placement and, you know, like we were just talking about with Brian Burns, they've got plans uh they know what they want to do before the ball's snapped uh they've got a, a, a great deal of moves and counter moves that they can go through and obviously their motors are insane both both joey and nick um uh, nick's you know a good edge, edge setter like joey is as well um you know he isn't a liability like he's kind of like the mixture of you know these players that i was talking about so he can set the edge but he's also a great pass rusher as well um nick's a bit smaller than joey though uh, you know he's a bit small. He's on the he's on a little bit of a small side for an edge, really, in terms of his height. Especially, he's only like six foot three and a bit. Uh, but because he's so refined in his technique and he kind of uses that national uh, natural leverage, it's not going to really affect him. Um, had an okay combine, didn't like blow the doors off anything. But you know he's he, he's sort of good in the right places. I would say. Um, yeah. Really good numbers in the thirty yard short shuttle in the bench press. You know, two events that show agility, bend, strength. 
which are all really important when you're trying to beat uh, another 300 pound human to another spot on the field um you know the only red flag i would say is the core injury but it's not a big concern for me personally obviously that's healed up he's been training for all the combine and training for you know the next step in his career for months now uh, if it was a big in, you know big injury he wouldn't have had as good a combine as he did and not, um, like i said it's not it wasn't an amazing combine but it was an okay combine you know, and even if he's not 100%, and that's maybe why he didn't build the jaws of the combine, he's still got five months until football starts, you know, in, in, in the realist terms. So he's still got a long time to recover. Yeah, so when I'm when, when I sort of prepping for these things, I always do like a, <coughs> a pros and cons thing for all these players. And mm. Yeah, my cons thing was literally just he had an injury, but <laughs> he, he turned up to the combine pretty healthy, so it didn't really matter. That was about all I, all I could really come up with for a cons thing. Obviously, like the size a little bit, but it didn't really bother me, the size. Yeah, it's just... I just don't think there's any real sort of downside to him. <laughs> I think not really. He's such a safe pick, I would say. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's that's one thing that makes him you know, as much as he's a great player. That's one of the things that makes him the best player in this draft is that he's so safe. But that's at a really high level as well, you yeah. know. And the other thing that's really really reassuring is obviously his dad played in the NFL and so does his brother right now. Yeah. So you know that they're gonna. It's like. The reason why, I've got a little theory about why I think Nick's a little bit of a better athlete. It's like, if you have an older brother and he gets you into something, you often do become better at him because you've been doing it for longer. Yeah. You know, and that's, that, he can learn from his brother while he's in college and continue to do so while they're in the league together. And he's obviously younger. So I think, yeah, he's he's going to be better than Joey, I think, which as a Chargers fan, he's kind of a bit, yeah. of, a, bit of a kick in the teeth. But, you know, not that, you know, not that I'm disappointed with Bosa at all. Uh, but yeah, no, he's going to be a good player, going to be a great player for a long time. Um, and, you know, unless we like have someone like Brian Burns, like I said earlier, really, really developing, he's probably the best edge rusher um, in this class as time goes on and probably still go number one. You know when they do like redrafts after a few years, I think yeah. he'll still be number one player in this draft. Yeah. He feels like a player that's got a high floor and a high ceiling, which is just everything you could possibly <laughs> yeah. want in a, in a player, isn't it, in a draft? Yeah, exactly. No, he's, he's you know, he's, like I said, it's... I don't, I don't think Arizona will take him because I'm I'm purely in the camp now. Over the last few weeks, I've been I've put myself in the camp and I've been made to go in the camp that Kyle Murray is going number one. Yeah, and you know, and if they didn't do that, it wouldn't be a bad thing either. Um, you know, San Francisco he fits he fits everyone. You know, if you can't yeah. get Nick Bosa on your team and you know have success with him, then you shouldn't be in the league. Yeah. Yeah, even if your system doesn't necessarily sort of isn't exactly perfect for what people think of him, he should still be a successful player and exactly. he should probably change your system if you exactly, can't get exactly. Him, uh, you should probably working. like I said, he, he's not the best stand up linebacker, he's best as an end. If you're playing a three four and he does drop to a team, you know, in some weird circumstance happens in a few weeks' time. If you're a three four team then you should probably just switch and just yeah. just have him as a four three end. <laughs> So most most teams now play some sort of hybrid anyway. Exactly, don't they? Not, exactly. So. And he can play inside now. He's got that versatility that you get with Ohio State linemen because they have such a rotation. You know, Bosa didn't even play like full time snaps until this season, really. Um, sorry, the previous season because he didn't really yeah. play this season because you know when he was a sophomore and a freshman, they had so so much talent in front of him. Even though he was you know a highly recruited player, um, you know he, he would usually play almost straight away. But because they have so much talent to rotate through, then you just don't get that. And obviously that means you play inside and out as well. So he's got that versatility, which is great. Yeah, so obviously compared him to his brother, but how do you think he compares to some of these other pass rushers that come out over these last few years? He's like your Miles Garrett to this world and all these sort of players. 
Um, I would I would say he's not as good as Garrett because I think Garrett is Garrett's an, an amazing player. He was an amazing prospect. Yeah. He was a bit like Bosa, wasn't he? He was number one from from a long way out. Um, yeah. I would peg him. I would peg him below Garrett. I would peg him above his brother. Um, give me a few more names. Yeah, let's, let's have a little. Well, I guess I guess going going back a bit, you got like Clowney, haven't you? Players like him. Uh, trying to look now. <laughs> sorry, I put you on the spot. I think he's he's a bit different to Clowney. I would compare Clowney to more of like a Josh Allen type. Yeah, Clowney's more of like a, a pure athlete, wasn't he? Whereas Bosa's more like technical, uh, technical end and technical pass rusher. Uh, but I would peg him. I peg him above Clowney. I would say, and Clowney was the yeah. same, wasn't he? He was number one for forever and a day before the draft. Yeah. Felt like um, probably a couple of years before it felt like Clowney was number one, didn't it? He yeah, was, uh, long way out. Yeah, I think that came from the hit, didn't it? If anyone, you know, if anyone hasn't yeah. seen that, just just type in Jadavian <laughs> Clowney the hit, and uh, yeah. yeah, you'll see what that's all about on YouTube. Yeah, so he feels like he feels like he's just right up there, doesn't he? And he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna come in and from day one just be one of the best players in in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, and, you know, his brothers on that. His brothers one of the best pass rushers in the league, and I think he'll, he, I think Nick will do that as well. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, big if fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a fan. Well, so that wraps up our top five. We might as well get to the player that you're not such a fan of. Um, well, you, you might as well go for it. Who is that player? The one that sort of split our opinion. So yeah, we we were talking about this, wasn't it? Uh, we've seen yeah. uh, Rashan Gary, who's the guy who we're talking about. He's kind of splitting opinion. Obviously, we we I would just message you last night as in our sort of like preparation for this, and just said, "Do you like Rashan Gary?" And obviously, you said, "Yeah," and I, and you sort of said that he does sort of split opinion and. I'm just not super high on him to be honest with you. Um, I just see. I think. I think what I said to you, and I think what I've said to quite a lot of people is, you know, the the top ten and top five talk is crazy to me. I don't think he's as good as you know Brian Burns. I don't think he's as good as Allen. I don't obviously think he's as good as Bosa. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't think he's good as. Obviously, he's not in my top five. So I don't think he's as good as Sweat or Clean Farrell either. But obviously, that is you know the, the opinion amongst a lot of people. Hence why he's being mocked in the top five and top ten so frequently. Uh, and I'm not talking about Joe Bloggs just doing a little mock draft on, you know, on his laptop and just putting it on Facebook or something. I'm talking about like real analysts. But I just oh, don't yeah. I just don't see it. <laughs> um, well I went I think... on NFL.com just before we did this and I think three of their five mock drafts that they have on their thing, I think he's at number six or seven in them three out of five. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. I mean, I don't know how you feel because obviously you're a lot higher on him. But for me personally, he's he's not a first round talent as you said earlier. For me, uh, and I know I'll probably get ripped apart for this by certain people, um, but he's just not got the bend. You know, I've just talked about it with Sweat. I've talked about it with Farrell. He's not got the bend, and he's even less flexible than those two. Um, yeah. He would be better to be switched inside and play D tackle full time. I understand that he wants to play edge because he wants to get paid like an edge. That's fine. Yeah. If you're a good defensive tackle, you'll get paid as well. You don't need to be an edge nowadays. Interior pressure is in vogue, really, more than any other time that I've known it. Um, yeah. So I think you know that'll be a lot better for him. And the reason I think that is because he's incredibly powerful. He's very explosive with his first step, and I'm not going to take that away from him. I don't think he's a bad player per se. You know, lots of good players go in the second round and, and later. You know, to say that he's not a first round talent doesn't mean I don't like him as a player. I don't hate him. Yeah. I just think he's not going to be that successful as an edge you know and one of the things you know that points to that is he wasn't that successful as an edge at Michigan <laughs> let's be honest production yeah. wise anyway um you know so switch him inside let him just have a linear path to the quarterback you know you're not asking him to bend you're not asking him to get around these tackles that you know not every tackle is a big lump you know these tackles some some now that we've talked about you know a few weeks ago they're, they're athletic guys that they are massive though as well 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, just give him a linear path to the quarterback, stick him at three tech and, you know, give me a second round pick for him. And I, I will I will have, have him on my team all day, you know, but not, not in the first round, not in the top 10 for me. Yeah, it's, it's been really weird to sort of see all sort of the analysis of Gary because, yeah, I think from just one person to another, he, he seems to split opinion more than pretty much anyone else in the draft I can think of. He's, I, think, I think the thing with me, he's just got that rare sort of rare physical gifts, I guess, isn't he? That sort of size, strength, speed, and yeah. that sort of blend of it. I think you just don't see players like him. And I think it's almost a bit like, obviously in very different circumstances, but a bit like with Metcalf in the wide receivers. Like He might not be as good as some of them others in terms of sort of his actual skills, but I think just his physical gifts, I think, can be almost get him drafted higher than perhaps he would. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I just... yeah, no, I, I do agree. He's he is he's you no know, he's he's big, he's very heavy, he's quite a heavy edge rusher. Um yeah. which again I think <laughs> means that he should be inside. But anyway. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, he you know, he is like that like you said, he is that blend of size and speed and he is very, very explosive. Like I say, I'm not gonna try and take that away from him. Um he's very quick in his first step and he gets off the ball. I do think that he does guess the snap quite a lot, which kind of yeah. Makes me think that he doesn't really get it and doesn't understand that aspect of the game, and I think it's going to lead to quite a few false starts because he's wanna, he wants to get out, and he's he's kind of, um, what's the word? Over eager. Yeah, eager. He's, he's over eager. Yeah, to to sort of get going, and he he doesn't need to be because he is that quick off his first yeah. step. So, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's going to come with some problems, and obviously that's amplified as we said before. Uh, if you do take him really high, because that's such a valuable pick. Yeah, I uh, like. I'm not. I haven't really got a college team, but if I did have to pick one, it is Michigan. So I probably am a little bit, <laughs> a little bit biased uh, towards him. But yeah, I just, I just think there's something about him that I think he's just such a rare, a rare talent more than anything. And I think that's sort of what I like about him. But yeah, maybe, maybe some of these mocks are really high. But I think as we say with everyone, you need that one team, don't you? But mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I think it's be a really interesting story come draft time because yeah, I think he's quite, quite a name, isn't he? And in this draft I think it's been one that there's a lot of talk about him coming like once uh, draft night hits yeah exactly I mean he was the I mean if I'm not mistaken he wasn't the number one high school recruit coming into Michigan yeah, yeah he was uh, obviously we've had the all or nothing um, Michigan Wolverines on Amazon Prime that a lot of people yeah. watch and obviously features quite prominently in that you know and he comes well, he comes across quite well in that I think um, you know and that's obviously a good thing as well and that's obviously a little window into you know him and that that team, but I think he comes across quite well, and that that'll uh, make him rise up draft boards as well. Yeah, he he feels like say based on that program alone, he feels like that sort of quite a leader, doesn't he? He's going to be a leader when he comes in, and I think he's uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just really like him as a player, and yeah, I would, if he, if he does drop, then you know if the Patriots are there, then I'd be delighted to get him at thirty two. Yeah, I think I mean that is you know obviously the last pick of the first round. I wouldn't I wouldn't be too up in arms about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, by then it's basically a second rounder anyway, isn't it? But yeah, oh, yeah, I think yeah, he's going to be. He could easily be the story come that second day of the draft, isn't he? Of he could be one of the big sort of talking points heading into that second day that well, he hasn't been taken yet. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you always reach the you know the end of the Thursday, you're going into the Friday, and you, you've still got a lot of good names on the board who are going to come off early in the second and. Yeah, you do get some surprises in there, and he could definitely be one of them. And like, I obviously think that he should be one of them. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Gary. Well, I know, I know you're a sleeper, and uh, well, sort of linked to Gary, isn't he? But uh, yeah, who, who, who got a sleeper? Yeah, look, like nice little segue. It's like we planned it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My uh, my sleeper is Chase Winovich, actually from Michigan, obviously. Um, yeah. he, not that much of a sleeper, but because he's so well known, probably for the reasons that we've just talked about with Gary, obviously featured yeah. in the Amazon documentary. 
Um, and he's 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 a bigger name now, isn't he? You know, everyone knows him. He's got that thing as you know, he's more noticeable because obviously like his hair and things like that. As silly as it yeah. is, it doesn't actually mean anything. But you know, people kind of notice that it's like Clay Matthews all these years, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just things like that just stand out in people's minds. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I think he's a decidedly average athlete. <laughs> I don't think he's a very good yeah. athlete at all. Uh, but for what he lacks in speed and power, he makes up for it between the ears, I would say. Um, he's always got a pass rush plan again, which is a massive massive uh, plus point for me. Um, which I do find it quite satisfying as well, watching a guy who you think, yeah, he knows what he's doing. You know, yeah. and he's winning. He's not, he's not just winning rep because he's bigger or stronger or faster, which is obviously fine. It's obviously fine to do that, um, but when you when you can see a guy who's kind of limited, which makes him sound like a bad player, which he's not, not to me yeah. anyway, um, but yeah. he's he's sort of thinking his way through it. It's a bit like um, Adam Thielen in you know completely yeah. different position, but obviously he's sort of not the most gifted athletically either, but he's became one of the better wide receivers in the league now. You know, he kind of reminds me of that kind of uh, kind of character, I would say, without obviously knowing anything about them personally. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a fighter, I think, as well, Winovich. He's moved around at Michigan, used to be a tight end, played inside and outside, which you know is, is not a bad thing, as we've been saying with other players, um, that versatility. He kind of seems like that, that guy that, that coaches want on the team. You know, they moved him around to kind of keep him around, I think. Um, you know, he's got that versatility that everyone looks for, as we've said a million times over the last few years. Super hard worker, motor's ridiculous. Uh, we were talking about him before we came on, and uh, you know, the messages. And you know, he'll never be a star of a team, I don't think, but he'll always be on a team because people just want him. Um, yeah. And I've put fits everyone for that reason. I think everyone needs yeah. a Chase Winovich. Um, he'll be about third, third rusher, uh, third. You can set the edge as well. Just drop that in. Um, and you know he'll be a very very good player, very good team player, uh, and valuable squad member for a long time. I think. Yeah, I think. So going back to what you said about sort of his athleticism, I think sometimes, and obviously it's not a bad thing to be an amazing athlete, but I think sometimes players get by on that athleticism where someone like Winovich has had to learn other ways of doing things, and I think that's a good thing, isn't it? But yeah, he's he's definitely not <clears> the best athlete in this draft or close to it. But yeah, I think he's going to be a solid solid player for. A, for a lot of teams, or mm. whoever team drafted him, sorry. So we spoke about it, about where he's being mocked in some some mocks, and I've seen him taken at the back end of the first or some, but yeah, I think we both think that's a bit crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I, I really like him as a, a prospect and a player. I wouldn't mind him on the Chargers, to be fair. Um, it's the third rusher behind Ingram and Bosa. Um, but no, the first round is crazy. Uh, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of players. You know, the, there's the five or six that we've just talked about before him. You know, you've got players who, Jakai Polite, for example, who, you know, kind of was a lock for the first round until the combine and he talked himself out of it, it seems, with his interviews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you'd rather, you'd rather still take someone like that because he's more athletically gifted. And like you say, you know, if you if you have the athleticism already there, you can kind of work with it more on the ceilings higher, as we've said. Um, so, yeah, you've got players, you know, like him and then you've got a couple more, I'd say, before you get to Winovich. I think he's played six, seven, eight on my, well, not six because Gary's there, but so seven, eight or nine in yeah. terms of where he stands in my rankings personally. Yeah, I think I agree with what you say as well about where coach is going to like a player like him. I think I think if you were making a film and casting a jock, he is basically it, isn't he? I think he is that <laughs> sort of like absolute stereotypical sort of like American like, <laughs> well, college and high school sports player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. You could see him wearing one of those varsity jackets now, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just assume he wears them all the time anyway. Yeah, like, <laughs> his wardrobe is just all there. <laughs> yeah. So where, where do you think he will end up going, Con? 
sort of draft on. I think back end of the second? Back end of the second, third round. Uh, don't see him dropping much later than that. If he drops no. to the fourth, it'll be an absolute bargain for someone. Um, like I said, I don't think he's too far off this top five. Like I say, it's like six, seven, eight. Well, not again, not six. Um, seven, eight, nine. It's not... It's not like that. It's not going to be fourth or fifth rounders. You know, no. these are going to be valuable players. They're edge players, so they're going to be really valuable, and they're going to move up the board just from positional value. I, I guess the only thing, the thing that might see him draft that a little bit earlier is because I think he is quite reliable, isn't he? I don't think I think he's a pretty safe safe bet. Maybe not sort of the highest upside. I think we were saying this before the podcast. So he's not the highest upside player out there, but yeah, I think he's a pretty safe pick at where you well you'd think you're going to get him. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. And, you know, you could do much worse for, you know, a depth edge guy than Winovich, I would say. Much worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, are there any other players that sort of deserve a mention as these edge rushers? Uh, one, one player that kind of intrigues me a little bit is Anthony Nelson from Iowa. Uh, he's very, very big, uh, six or seven, which obviously you don't see a great deal now. Uh, kind of reminds me of yeah. Carlos Campbell in that sense. Um, quite light for his position, though, so he's quite lanky which does mean that you could probably beef him up a little bit, maybe put him inside, because obviously it maybe suits him a bit more to be there. Um, he had a great combine. You know, We're talking you know, 90, 90th percentile for a lot of the, the shuttle, the agility drills, um, and quite quick, good jumping, so he's quite explosive. He just kind of looks that, to me, you know, he didn't have a great season at Iowa this past season, but he just looks to me like a raw product. That You know, if you, like say, if you beef him up, he's got that athleticism. You can make something out of him, and I just think he's he's a really intriguing prospect. He's like I say, he's he's not had a great season. I'm not trying to say that he's you know going to be a great player. He's he's definitely a massive project, but yeah. someone some sort of you know creative player and, and good coaching. And a lot of things matter in the NFL draft about coaching and bit and situation. If he can land himself in a good fit, in a good team. You know, stashed away as maybe the fourth edge guy, you know, rotational piece, maybe going inside a little bit and, you know, learn and be moulded, that lump of clay that can be moulded into something pretty nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like him as a player. Um, well, I guess that covers up for this week. Covers us, sorry, for this week. So, well, down to one more week and, you know, it's always, always a big one, isn't it, quarterback? So we've got them next week. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Weird, weird group of players, I think, when we come to talk about them. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> still looking forward to that one. Mm. Um, well, let's say we've only got one of these left. So if you uh, haven't listened to all the ones before, go back and catch up on them because, well, I think we've had some really good ones, especially lately. I feel like some of these have been really good. Like the um, last week, the running backs didn't really expect it to be that great, but yeah, it turned out to be a, quite a fun mm. podcast. Yeah, in absolutely. The end, yeah, no, really like that yeah, one. Some... Um, yeah, no, it's been a fun. It's been a fun series. It's kind of a shame that it's coming to an end, really. But obviously, it's good news that the draft is here, like you said at the start. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we'll be back next week. Um, well, before then, um, where can where can people find you on well Twitter and all, all the usual things? So, you know, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, my usual podcast is the Full Ten Yards, uh, which I host with my co-host Tim. Uh, we, we're doing draft at the moment. Obviously, now it's in April. We've just done our first draft show, and we're doing uh, you know three, three, well, three more um, up until then. Focusing mainly on you know certain players, like we just did one on Kyler Murray that was quite Kyler Murray heavy, and we're going to focus on uh, you know, like I say the, the sort of pivotal players, the players that split opinion, maybe Rashawn Gary, maybe DK Metcalf, people like that. 
Um, and then we're going to throw into the mix. We're going to look at the draft and what sort of pivotal sort of spots there are in the draft and, you know, what the different directions that teams could go. So, yeah, quite a lot of draft chats. Obviously, if you're here for the draft stuff, then come over towards us at the full 10 yards. You can get us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor FM, all those, all those places. Uh, all the usual places. If you, and if you want to find me, um, my Twitter handle is at Wakefield90. Uh, always up for you know general chat uh, about NFL draft, especially. Uh, so yeah, get in touch. Excellent. And um, yeah, actually, you can find us in all the usual places. Um, but we're on uh, on Twitter at First and Ten underscore and uh, Facebook First and Ten. So you know, can give all them all the different things a like and subscribe and all them things. Um, well, as I say, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, quarterback. So well. Until then, I, uh, I'll see you later.